Welcome to episode number 165 of Take Him With You for April 1st, 2012. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. And today we are back on our subject of Sunday Cool, going through the life of Joseph. Today we're going to talk about forgiveness. What's it like when you face those people that have hurt you? How do you react to them? What does God say about forgiveness? Should be an interesting subject today as we find out what Joseph did, shouldn't it? It should indeed. Good stuff. It's raining. It is raining. It's been raining and raining and raining. I think we need we we need the. I'm I'm not talking right, but we need to build an ark soon. Sure, sure. Guess what I got in the mail today? What did you get? I got my daisy seeds, but they forgot to put the blue ones in. I have purple ones, Uh and I have some ice things, flowers, ice something, and then they threw in a little bonus. But I don't have my blue ones. I don't know what. I have to email them. Yeah, that was odd. I, you know, because you said you you got blue and purple, uh-huh. and then they sent some that you didn't order. Yeah, so I'm gonna so email them and odd. ask if they can send me my blue ones because yeah, I really want like them. You like your blue daisies? I know you do. Yeah, I do. So I'm excited about planting those so that I can have some colorful daisies in the yard this year. Mm-hmm. It's about yes. that time to get them ready, isn't it? Yeah, we it, we've had kind of a cold spring, and um, we've only had one day. Cl- well, maybe two days that got close to 70. Mm-hmm. But most of the days have been 40s and maybe Well, I was surprised. Al and Joyce, they live in Arizona. Uh-huh. And they've are, their tulips already bloomed. Yeah, ours, ours are, are just, just starting doing to, it, yeah. yeah, just starting to, to get a little bit of color showing. Yeah, well, yeah. hopefully they'll bloom and I get to see them. Yeah. Yeah. Got our daffodils going. That's kind of cool. Well, we had mm-hmm. a kind of crazy week. We'll, we will cover that in a moment, but uh, we are going to be back um, on our uh, series called Sunday Cool this week, mm-hmm. and we have been following the life of Joseph in the Old Testament and kind of relating what... He, he has gone through in his life with what we go through it in our life. And now we're up to the point where we're going to discover what he does when he has to come face-to-face with the people that sold him into slavery, mm-hmm. his brothers. Yeah. So it should be a very interesting thing today. And we're, we're going to talk about um, what you put, not just you, I'm not talking about you, Amy, but okay. everybody that's listening, if you are on my Facebook uh, family there of mm-hmm. friends. Uh, I did put a, a question out and asked, uh, you know, what's the hardest part about forgiving somebody who's hurt you? Yeah, and last we got, time I checked, we had over thirty, and that was within a few hours. So yeah, so we might not be able to go through all of them today, but we'll try to hit a few of them. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if we'll hit them. Well, read a few of them. Sure, that works. Okay, that works. <laughs> Okay, we'll be back in just a moment with uh, what's been going on around our house. Stick around. My name is Al. And I'm Joyce. And we're We're huge huge Disneyland Disneyland fans. fans. In fact, we love the Disneyland Resort so much, we host a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on earth to share that passion with others. That's right. 
On our show, Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland podcast, we share current resort news, some tips and tricks we've learned over the years to help make your Disneyland resort vacation the most magical experience ever. We uncover little-known and often-overlooked gems we like to call hidden treasures, and even review the attractions and places to eat that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And if that wasn't enough, we even share some video episodes to help keep you in that Disney magic state of mind. If you're a longtime fan of the Disneyland Resort, or you've just recently discovered the magic, this podcast is for you. So, after our great friends Rick and Amy have enlightened you on their awesome podcast, Take Him With You, why not give us a listen? You'll be happy you did. You can find Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast at www.talescast.com and in iTunes. And remember, make make it a a Mickey Mickey day. Day. And from what I understand, the newest episode that is going to be coming out is a roundtable discussion they had on the day that I think Disney was open for 24 hours. 24 hours? I believe so. Wow. So did they they go on rides all night long? I would imagine. Wow. I I don't think I could handle that. (laughs) I would have loved it, but I don't know. I'm getting old now because... I may be able to stay up till like two in the morning, but then I'm I'm pretty much toast after that. Yeah, and I have a hard time staying up till midnight usually, unless I'm in a reading a really good book. <laughs> then I sometimes have a hard time putting it down to go to sleep. But yeah, 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 yeah. Well, lots of things have been going around, uh, going on around our house, mm-hmm. and um, you've got a few things, and I've got a few things. We've had a very busy week. Thankfully, you got um, the last two weeks your business has picked up, your yeah. your multimedia business. Mm-hmm. So you've been working hard getting um, jobs done for clients. Yep. I did a lot of work for a company called the Jeremy Wormy Company. Yes. I actually got to be yeah, um, a, voice. a voice on it, which um, is kind of interesting because I am not an actress. I've never claimed to be an actress. Okay, well, how did we do it then? So this was really funny. You kind of looked at me after I, I made a couple attempts and just totally bombed. And well, when so, you when you read the paper, hello, class, <laughs> let's get out our art projects. That isn't going to fly on a children's yes, DVD. I, I just have, I have very little acting talent. Very so little. let's show them how we do it. You ready? Okay, go ahead, okay. dear. Hello, class. Hello, class. I see you didn't do it like I that. I didn't. <laughs> but this is how we did it. Hello, class. Hello, class. Today, get we're going to get out our art supplies. Today, we're going to get out our art supplies. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Oh. <laughs> Don't yeah. be a smart aleck. So, so Rick had to edit all my little sentences together yes. because I have no acting skills. So That's not true. And, oh, very little acting. Oh, skills. you have drama in you. Believe oh, me. Oh no, not, yes, you do. not as much as you do, dear. What, what are you talking about? What um, you talking about, Willis? Our our more dramatic children what? get their drama from you. No. And um, what are you talking about? Our one quieter child who actually will go to bed at night, he gets that from me. Uh-huh. But the other two get their their dramatic nature from you. Whatever, it's not true. I tell you. Oh yeah, sure. So we, we I got to do a song and a um, 
an audio drama basically for an animated video. So mm-hmm. we did the soundtrack and the the acting and the characters. And I got to play Jeremy Wormy. And I got to play the teacher. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Catherine played one of the, the little kids. And then we got the neighbor kid to come over. I paid him ice cream to uh, say a few lines oh. into the microphone. Did you already give him his ice cream? I did. Ah. I drove to 7-Eleven and bought his ice cream for him. Uh, I bet he liked that pay, huh? Yeah, he snarfed it right on down. Yeah. He did a great job, though. I was very impressed. And when they get it all put together, I'll have to show everybody the website. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really, really cool. I think, and and there might be some future projects we're hoping. Yeah. It's a a pretty neat little thing. It's just teaching kids about hygiene, about how to to stay away from germs and wash up and Mm -hmm. how to keep things clean and germ free yeah it's kind of cool huh how to sneeze into your into your elbow instead of um into the room right all kinds of good stuff <coughs> right disinfectants and mm-hmm. all this jazz and anyway it was fun and i got to make up funny voices and do so- songs and everything to it and that was a lot of fun yeah. So and then I got paid for it, which is always which was always nice. It's oh, nice man. to be able to pay your bills on time. I did a fun duplicating job with my uh, new duplicator. Yeah, we're still probably one more duplicating job, and you'll have that paid off. Yeah, yeah. So um, we pretty cool. It is, it made does, a little investment. It's there. for the geeky people out there. It is a um, five bay duplicator that does DVDs and CDs. So if you put them in there and then put your blank ones in the five trays. It'll do them all at the same time, and usually, well, I was doing a, a full DVD in about five minutes, and I'd do five of them at a time. So. Which, before, you had to use our DVD recorder that just did one at a time, and it was a pretty much, <sighs> um, it was pretty much real-time yeah. recording. Yeah. So that And my computer does it, too, but time. it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. So this was a really cool blessing, and it wasn't really that expensive, so I'm sure it'll pay for itself within the next project. So that's really cool. That was, that was fun as well. And then something mm-hmm. fun happened. I was surfing the web, and I, I typed in meditation music Rick Moyer, and guess what I found? What did you find? Actually, no, but you could tell everybody else. Oh, thanks. See, we'll go to <laughs> we'll go to Google and I'll type it in and see what we get. Ready? Mm-hmm. I'll say meditation music, Rick Moyer. And all of a sudden, I found a website called meditating-music.com. And guess what? There it was. Mm-hmm. The uh, project that I did, gosh, it's been what it's been eight, a eight long months? Time ago, yeah, about eight months ago or so. Um, they have all of the tracks that I did for them available for download now, and it's pretty cool. And you can listen to samples of them right on the website itself. Is that cool? Mm-hmm. Check this out. So I'm on there. I'm on there right now. Meditating-music.com, and it's on the other side uh, of the page. There's this little green. Is that green? That is green. Very okay. good, dear. Green box with these little play buttons. And if I want to, I can hit the different buttons and it will give me a 30-second thing. Like this one is called The Piece of Thunder. Let's try it. Not pretty? Mm-hmm.
So that's one of them. And then it's got Blue Ocean and Luna. Uh, I like Luna. It's a cool one. pretty yeah very pretty and it's got all sorts of them on there and he even did videos i had no idea i have uh-huh. my music is two videos so i did this whole project and he already paid me for it and now you can download the tracks and there it's i think it's 15 dollars for over 300 minutes of music and get mm-hmm. this if you enter the code on in checkout there's a little like promo code mm-hmm. if you enter the code R-I-C-K, that's me, Rick, (laughs) you get five bucks off, so you can get the entire 300 minutes of all of my meditation music that I did for 10 bucks. That's cool. That's awesome. Trust me, it's a lot of work. You worked a lot on this. I remember when you (sighs) first started this project, you made a bid thinking that he wanted so many songs, like 20 songs, and you thought, well, you know, most songs are three to five minutes long. When you got into the contract, he changed it to 20 minutes no, long or no, something. No, 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 it no, It was a lot longer. No, you no. you did work on the project for weeks and weeks, it, though. Yes, it was. they were 15 minutes apiece, the songs. Okay. Are. And I knew that up front, but they were supposed to be looping songs. Okay. And they and ended then. up being, I had to go redo a bunch of them because it, it didn't work right. So now they're all pretty awesome, but it did take a lot. It but, took, uh, a, took you weeks and weeks, and... It's um, pretty awesome, so, though. Yeah. There's some really cool stuff on there. I mean, which I would kind of like you to buy it and put it on my iPod, dear. Yeah, I'll give it to you. How's that sound? Oh, okay. <laughs> this is a cool one. This one's called Life Cycle. I like that bass. Do 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 da do 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 ba do boom ba da ba do bum ba da. That's me. I'm if, that. if you click on the button on the website yeah. um, that says About Us, there's a nice bio on there that tells about um, your spirituality. And, yeah, it's and really weird to see my music being used in, in uh, yoga classes and stuff like that. But, uh, I, you know, obviously, you listen to this podcast, you know mm-hmm. that I'm a believer in Christ. And I talk about it on the website. They actually did a little interview with me and uh, wrote a little bit about where I get my inspiration for music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just about anybody can you – know, that's the wonderful part about music is it's very universal in its language. Mm-hmm. And, and just about anybody can really enjoy this type of things. And these are just kind of a special event. They're different. They're they're not super um, complex pieces. Mm-hmm. But they are relaxing. And that's what mm-hmm. the whole idea is. Like I did one with uh, whales that people love this one. This is what it'd be like if you lived in an aquarium. And that'd be fun floating around. 
looking at people look at you. And I did this one that I really like called Blue Ocean. This one is I use the cello. A far cry from the stuff that I usually do. But that's not really true because I like all types of music. I really do. Uh-huh. You know. Which is completely different than what I usually do, which is is more like uh more like this. Thank you. Um, I posted a picture of our bed this Why morning. would you post a picture of our bed? Um, because I was changing the sheets and washing the sheets. I, I try to do that every weekend because I, I just... So it's a girl thing? It's a girl thing. So, and I, I decided, you know, I, I need to dust the... the oh, wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Okay, just a minute. You're going to like this. Here's the very ending of the song. Ready? Okay, go ahead. Okay, so I was dusting our our headboard, <coughs> which happens to be like a bookshelf headboard. Okay. And um, I just thought, you know, this is really interesting. I wonder if I took a picture of our headboard, if people could guess which side of bed of our bed was whose. Okay. And so I um have on one side of the bed I have a sewing basket and a bunch of books and a reading lamp Mm -hmm. and on the other side of the headboard is a lava lamp and a star projector thing. It's a star generator. (laughs) Star generator. It's pretty cool. And so I posted this picture and I said the first person that that guesses correctly i will mention on our podcast and ladies and gentlemen the winner is the winner is jessica swanson 
She Jessica. said she said the lava lamp side was Rick's and that mine was the normal lamp the, side. What do you mean normal lamp? That was her words. Oh, man. And Erica came right in behind. She said Rick is the lava lamp side and Amy is the light side. That's funny. So Rick left, Amy right. That's hilarious. That's always the way it is. All right. Well, I'm I've so glad. I've always been right. I'm so glad. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> You know what? You know, the, the answer to that one for me should be yes, honey. Yes, honey. <laughs> That's how that works, doesn't it? Yep. Funny. Well, yeah. Guess what I got to do um, as well this weekend? What did you get to do? I got to be the guest host on Treks and Sci-Fi for Rico Dosti. Oh, yes, you did. And you put a lot of time in that podcast. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a really a cool one. And I, I had a... a uh, listener comment and played a lot of music and had had a lot of fun with that and i think everybody will really enjoy that so if you're a trek fan head on over to treksandsci-fi.com and check out this week's episode i'll put a link up on facebook and probably in our notes as well and you can go listen to if, if you haven't had enough the cool part is though there is an interview with you and Catherine about mm-hmm. the hunger games even though we talked about it last week on the program and um, we I, hadn't talked about it on Trex and Sci-Fi, though. Right. So I interviewed you and, and Catherine and put it on the Trex and Sci-Fi podcast. Yeah. Complete with cool Hunger Games music. Mm-hmm. So that was fun, too. So it's been just a really, really busy week, but but a good one, you know, in, in yeah. And you were busy with work and a bunch of different things. and Driving, uh, driving, 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 working, 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 and... Now, yeah, but it's been good. Mm-hmm. Have, we haven't had any major catastrophes. My daughter's yeah. still driving around in her Cadillac with flowers all over it. <laughs> it. It was the funniest thing. Should have seen the mailman this week because he came. He brought packages. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's the other geeky thing I did. I got oh, okay. a two gig or two gig, two terabyte hard drive to back up my system. Now, I my good friend of mine of ours mm-hmm. gave me a two uh, terabyte backup system here a couple years ago, and it is constantly on backing up. But um, there's a really cool thing. I have the the Carbonite backup thing mm-hmm. where it backs it up online. Yeah. And there's this really cool subscription now. For a few extra dollars, you can get this subscription called the Mirror Image. Mm-hmm. And it's with Carbonite. And you plug in an external hard drive. And then you click this Mirror Image thing. And it transfers your entire hard drive over to a an external hard drive. And then updates it every 24 hours. And here's why. Mm-hmm. If your computer crashes... Yeah. If your hard drive crashes, and they do, and we have had them do it, mm-hmm. um, you can just plug in the other one, and it, you're ready to go. So at the most, you would lose the last day's work, possibly? Yes. Maybe. Because Maybe. you see... Depends how when the well, last... It might. it will check on Carbonite and see if it's backed up during the day. And if it has, it'll grab your latest ones and put it on there as and well. And how often does Carbonite back up? Constantly. Constantly. Mm-hmm. So... You have a manual or a, a on-site backup every 24 hours. Correct. And a carbonite online Online backup all the time. So when, like, when we get done with this podcast, mm-hmm. it'll start backing it up online for us as soon as I'm done. Mm-hmm. Is that cool? It, that is cool because... Because we've lost so much before. Yeah. Uh, I, lost, I, I lost close to uh, nine years of stuff on one of my hard drives. I was Actually, not very you happy. You had two hard drives fail. I know, in the same time. But that, you know what? Yeah. Maybe that was for the good. 
Yeah, I, I, I've kind of wondered about that. Sometimes you have things in life that you, you're wondering why they happen certain ways, but then you think, well, maybe God was telling me to move on. Yeah, sometimes you got to do that. Yeah. So, so that was my other geeky thing. Were you going to say something? Were you, did you have another thing you wanted to say, or was that that? Oh, I was I was saying, you were mentioning the postman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ted, Ted is our postman. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. <clears throat> and uh, he pulled up behind the white caddy with the flowers and everything. And he hands me the package, and then he just looks at the car. <laughs> and he looks back at me, and he goes, must be your daughter's car, huh? <laughs> I said, yes, yes, it is. Yeah. And he our, just smiled. Our neighbor, um, our son Andrew, works with him at the pontoon project. And um, they drove, he and his wife drove by, and, and they go, whose car is that at the Moyer's house? And and then the wife says, well, I think their daughter just turned 16. 16. Yeah, there you go. I, I call it her Barbie hippie car. <laughs> but we were driving to church last Sunday, so it was at She, a, she after, drove me to church. Yeah, Catherine drove caddy. us to church in her caddy so she could Jeez. show everybody at church. And um, she was driving to church, and we kept on seeing these people Get they, this shocked look on their they, faces. They drive up next to us and then they look over at it. And, and then like, they like, what? And then, and then they the would smirk smile. on their face. <laughs> and then they have this big smile. At first they were shocked. I'd roll, then... I rolled down my window and went, I'm cool. I'm cool. <laughs> I'm cool. Yeah, you, you sat in the back and were like, <sighs> it was like you're in a town car getting chauffeured around well, by your daughter. Well, it's big It's huge. <laughs> It is a big car, but it's a safe car, and that was our main... It's a safe car. She had looked at a, a 1971... Bug. Volkswagen Bug, yeah. and that's actually her dream car. Yeah, well... She would love an This old was a dream car because it didn't cost bug. very much. Yeah, but... And it only had 59,000 miles on it. Yeah, and that car, the Bug that we looked at, probably had over 200,000, if not 300,000 oh, yeah, miles. It was, pretty... it, it, it was an old car, and... You know, so we looked at that, and that would have been her first pick, but we didn't think it was very safe. It was a really old car, yeah, and you know, all rusty and stuff inside, and rusty bumpers. And, so she got and a good deal. Long story nice short, car. we've yeah. already talked about this. Yeah, we did, but yeah. we were pretty excited. She was pretty excited. She loves having her a little bit more freedom now. Sure. And, and um, so that's a lot of fun. And it's yeah. fun to see people's <laughs> it is pretty funny. expressions when they see her car. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> oh, mercy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is that everything you wanted to say? Yeah, I, I think so. All We're right. We're just plugging along here. Okay. We will um, play a quick promo from one of our friends' podcasts. And we will be back to talk about this week's subject, Get Ready. What are you singing? <gasps> Have you never heard this? No. It's uh, Flight of the Concords. <laughs> it's it's a it's a song about after the ro- robots kill all the humans. Okay. And take over the world. Well, and they go. The humans are dead. That's right. They are dead. The humans are dead. I poked this one. It's dead. <laughs> it's good. I gotta make you listen to it. Alrighty then. <laughs> Anomaly. Something that deviates from what is standard, normal, or expected. An oddity. Peculiarity. Irregularity. Inconsistency. Incongruity. A rarity. <laughs> 
I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And we're the socially functional co-hosts of Anomaly. The podcast with a unique perspective, a female perspective on all things geek. Star Trek. Star Wars. Lord of the Rings. Buffy. Firefly. Gaming. Books. Costuming. And general geek topics. The sometimes monthly, but always entertaining, Anomaly Podcast. Anomalypodcast.com. So have you been um I didn't ask you if you've listened to the latest anomaly podcasts. Have you did you listen to the interview that Jen did with the Virgin Galactic guys? You know I haven't yet. You I need to. I need to download it. Was it was awesome. Still. It was yeah. really really cool. I usually do pretty good about keeping up with the anomaly ladies podcast. And they really they have a supplemental out now too about the the Enchanted movie. Oh, I like that. Yeah, one. so you're gonna have to check it out. But it was—they're it, a lot of fun, and oh, yeah. you know what that was so nice? I felt very honored and uh, kind of blown away. They used my MW Orbit music um, for the background in the interview with the uh, the famous people. Wow! Yeah, I felt pretty privileged. Well, you know, your MW Orbit album is about exploring in space it is and, and that's what so that was, was the reason behind a it a good yeah. theme yeah so good that made me music. that made me feel good yeah all right let's start our subject this week here we go wife is so goofy i forgot to turn up the microphone and so i I started and stopped and then she starts making these weird noises (laughs) do do one of them you got to the microphone (laughs) that's bad you shouldn't do that when we're starting out the subject because then i'm gonna laugh well, it's kind of like thing. he's making up his own like <laughs> aboriginal <laughs> language or something. I've had to do that before. I know you have. <laughs> yeah. I remember when Stefan had me <laughs> had me make words for this these people, this race of yeah. <laughs> This alien, yeah, yeah, to make a whole song in alien language, yeah, and you had to make up the language. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> quite quite a bit of fun. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like you were doing one again. <laughs> well, I wasn't. Thanks. Okay, how are we going to get serious? Well, it's, now? it's nice having you make mistakes once in a while because I'm usually the oh, one. Oh, like that I never make mistakes that ever. Does that? Jeez. Does the flubbing when it comes to talking? <laughs> no, no, my dear. No, no, no. I was telling people the other day um, that it is uh, you know for every like forty, well maybe twenty or. 30 auditions i get a job so i get i get actually more times than i get jobs i get rejected yeah so i make more flub ups than anybody else but if you stay consistent at it <laughs> if you consistently flub up someone <laughs> will like one of your flub one ups. of my flub ups and then no. i get a job well and i i don't think i mean i i hear a lot of your auditions and a lot of them are really good but you know, sometimes people are looking for a specific voice, and sometimes a specific budget too. I yeah. mean, there are people that they get on there and they undercut, and they're you know doing it as a hobby or something, and so yeah. they they don't, you know, they practically do things for free, and 
and in I this can't economy, afford to do that. you know, sometimes people take it up on them, but you do a very quality job. Thank you, my dear. You're welcome. Okay. Today's subject is something that I think every person in the whole wide world can relate with. And that is when somebody does something wrong to you, how do you go about the whole process of forgiveness? And there are lots and lots of ideas on this. There, I mean, we know biblically that the Bible says we're supposed to be forgiving people. Mm-hmm. Now, just because the Bible says we're supposed to be doing something doesn't mean that it's easy <laughs> no. all the time. And all. it doesn't mean that we do it. Mm-hmm. And I think this particular subject, up until five years ago or so, I really didn't really have a um, a problem with this. But now, after going through some really rough stuff, um, I've now found that forgiving when something very bad happens out of your control is very difficult. It's not as easy as I thought it was. I, I didn't experience anything quite like this before. So now I'm really being stretched. When we read this story and we talk about forgiveness, I'm being stretched in this area because it's not easy to do. Because it, it, it just it affects everybody, but everybody reacts a little bit differently to it. Well, I think that when we read more of Joseph's story, we'll find that, you know, in the end, he's able to forgive. But we see that it's not easy for him either, well, you know. And he's, yeah. he's one of, of the people that we look up to in the Bible as someone who really walked with God and, well, and trusted with God and yeah. overcame hardship. But you can see that, that there were emotions involved here. It, it, it wasn't he, easy. He was hurt by his brothers. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to that today. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I remember um, people trying to really emphasize to us when basically we had a really bad situation where people really messed us over and there was no reason for it uh, other than political gain and and you know stuff like that and it wasn't very fun mm-hmm. um but we had some some friends of ours um try to uh tell us how to forgive people you know and mm-hmm. and it was really interesting their conclusion was you know you need to be like joseph and forgive and you know all this different and yet their interpretation of the story of joseph was different than what mine is because i really i you know i i'm really not as much into the sing-song religion anymore. In other words, everything will work out wonderful for you because you believe in God. You know, that's not necessarily true. In fact, many times when you believe in God and stand up for him, things don't work out the way you think they should. And and what they thought was that when Joseph forgave his brothers, that he was all excited and happy and just they lived happily ever after. But if you really actually read this story... Um, there are some some consequences for what they did to him mm-hmm. and and how he treats them. And a lot of times we don't look at that because we don't want to. We don't want to have consequences for what we don't we're uncomfortable if our friend has messed somebody over or if we have. We want them to forgive us completely and forget, and we don't want to pay the consequences for being uh, wrong. And yeah. that's difficult sometimes. You know, that's difficult to, to deal with. And boy, did we ever get some awesome comments on the, mm-hmm. the impromptu question today. But So yeah. why don't we do this? Why don't we jump into the story of Joseph uh, from Genesis chapter 42. It's in the Old Testament. It's the first book, and it's chapter 42. And we're going to actually see Joseph's brothers come and 
want to get food from Joseph. Now, remember the story so far. Uh, remember way back when, when Joseph was a teenager, he was sharing his dreams and how he his brothers were going to bow down to him. And he was kind of a spoiled brat. Mm-hmm. A favored child. Yeah, his, his dad favored him and everything. Out of all the children, his dad, you know, his dad, dad thought, yeah. just lit up when Joseph was around. And so Joseph kind of bragged to his brothers. His brothers didn't like him too much as a result of that. And mm-hmm. when he went out, to his his uh, dad sent him out to check on the, the brothers who were out working in the fields. I think they had they were shepherding. Mm-hmm. And he went out to go see them. And, and on when he was coming up to them, they... they um, First off, they were going to get in trouble because they weren't where they were supposed to be. But uh, they saw him coming, and they hatched and devised a plan to, to kill their brother. Yeah. And so when Joseph got there, they didn't go all the way through with it. They just threw him in a pit, and they were going to kill him later. And then they saw a band of, of slave traders mm-hmm. uh, going by, and they decided to sell him. The brothers sold their brother into slavery and that's the last they thought they would ever see of him and they went back to their father with a with this special coat that he had given joseph and they put animals blood on it and ripped it to shreds and of course they acted like he'd been killed by a wild animal and so mm-hmm. um remember joseph now gets into egypt and he is sold uh in slavery to a, a man named potiphar who is the captain of the guard for the pharaoh Mm-hmm. And he rises up within that household and becomes the second in command at the house, takes care of everything except for uh, Potiphar's wife, who wants him to take care of her. But <laughs> he resists. A little PG there. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. <clears throat> and he resists that. And uh, unfortunately, she accuses him of trying to rape her. And she has his cloak to prove it, supposedly. And Potiphar doesn't even listen to him, just throws him into prison mm-hmm. where uh, it's not a good place. Then he, in the prison, does the exact same thing and rises to the top. And now he's second in charge at the prison, mm-hmm. only underneath the, the warden, and and begins to help people. Well, anyway, he interprets some dreams for some royalty, uh, some people yes. that work for the pharaoh. And, uh, the and cut bear and the, the baker. The baker. And eventually... Uh, a couple of years after he helps out and interprets some dreams, uh, he's called before the Pharaoh to interpret a dream that the Pharaoh has, and he does so. And he, but, he's, but he makes sure he tells the Pharaoh that he can't interpret any dreams, but the God he serves can. Well, and another thing that I think is a key point in those scriptures is when he was going through those hard times, it said, but God was with him. Yeah. So that was, you know... Everything wasn't always roses and, and, you know, candlelight and easygoing and everything. Marshmallow land. But even in the hard times, God was with him. Which is a good lesson for us. Mm -hmm. No matter what happens to us, if we have faith in God, he's with us. And Mm -hmm. and that that should be at least a comfort um, to most of us. So that's that's really a, a an overall theme in Joseph's life, as well as rising to the top. Mm-hmm. He always seemed to, no matter where he was at, if he got in trouble, um, he always rose to the top because of his integrity and because of mm-hmm. his work ethic and because of his character. He yeah. was he was a pretty cool guy, and as a result of that, by by humbling himself before God, God raised him up in all the situations that he was in. So mm-hmm. here we are now. He is put in charge of, he's second in command of the entire country 
of Egypt. Mm-hmm. And he has headed up and spearheaded the the drought uh, famine relief fund <laughs> or whatever they called it, where they, they took for seven years, they stored up grain mm-hmm. and, and made sure that they had enough to last for seven years of drought. And <clears throat> as, a res- yeah, mm-hmm. as a result of that, then people from all over the region were coming to buy grain from the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. And Joseph was in charge of all that. And so that's where we pick up again. But this time he has some surprise guests. I'm sure he wasn't expecting this. And so we're in Genesis chapter 42. Well, that was kind of a long-winded recap. We got through it, though. Okay, here we go. This is in the New Living Translation, and it's chapter 42 of Genesis. It says this. When Jacob heard that grain was available in Egypt. Now, Jacob is Joseph's dad. Just so everybody knows. Mm-hmm. He said to his sons, Why are you standing around looking at one another? I've heard there's grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy me enough grain to keep us alive. Otherwise, we'll die. You like my voice? Very good, dear. Thank you. So Joseph's ten older brothers went down to Egypt to buy grain. But Jacob wouldn't let Joseph's younger brother, Benjamin, go uh, with them for fear some harm might come to him. So Jacob's son arrived in Egypt along with the others to buy food. For the famine was in Canaan as well. Since Joseph was governor of all of Egypt and in charge of selling grain to all the people, it was to him uh, it was to him that his brothers came. When they arrived, they bowed down before him with their faces to the ground. Joseph recognized his brothers instantly, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where are you from? he demanded. From the land of Canaan, they replied, we have come to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they didn't recognize him. And he remembered the dreams he'd had about them many years before. He said to them, you are spies. You have come to see how vulnerable our land has become. No, my lord, they exclaimed. Your servants have simply come to buy food. We are all brothers, members of the same family. We are honest men, sir. We are not spies. Yes, you are, Joseph insisted. You have come to see how vulnerable our land has become. Sir, they said, there are actually twelve of us. We, your servants, are all brothers, sons of a man living in the land of Canaan. Our youngest brother is back there with our father right now, and one of our brothers is no longer with us. But Joseph insisted, as I said, you are spies. This is how I will test your story. Excuse me. I will swear by the life of Pharaoh that you will never leave Egypt unless your youngest brother comes here. One of you must go and get your brother. I'll keep the rest of you here in prison. Then we'll find out whether or not your story is true. By the life of Pharaoh, if it turns out that you don't have a younger brother, then I'll know you were spies. So Joseph put them all in prison for three days. On the third day, Joseph said to them, I am a God-fearing man. If you do as I say, you will live. If you really are honest men, choose one of your brothers to remain in prison. The rest of you may go home with grain for your starving families. But you must bring your youngest brother back to me. This will prove that you are telling the truth, and you will not die. To this they agreed. Speaking among themselves, they said, Clearly, we are being punished because of what we did to Joseph long ago. We saw his anguish when he pleaded for his life, but we wouldn't listen. That's why we're in this trouble. 
Now, that's an interesting thing. Hmm. Um, here we go. They were obviously guilty mm-hmm. and had been thinking about it. Been many years. And when this situation happened to them, um, I got to wonder sometimes what Joseph was thinking. You know, it it didn't say that he said, oh, guys, I'm your lost brother. And he didn't run up to them and say, "Um, I've missed you so much. You know, I forgive you. I mean, he it he obviously was still hurt. Well, and I think it's really interesting because, see, I think a lot of times people think about the story of Joseph and they think, well, he just forgave his brothers. <clears throat> There's a bigger process going on here. Well, and that was over a decade ago that he that they had put him in the well and sold him into slavery. You know, so it wasn't just yesterday. It was <coughs> it was quite quite a while before. Yeah, but you know what? It's still since then. still it's not like they beat him up and took him home. I mean, he, he it wasn't like a little thing they did to him. It was huge. Well, beating him up wouldn't be little either, I don't think. Well, yeah, but, but you know what? If yeah. you went home with somebody that beat you up, you'd probably eventually forgive them and everything would uh-huh. be worked out. But in this case, they sold him off into slavery never to see him again and then per- yeah. covered it up and told told his dad he's dead. Well, and they there was a saying growing up, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But that's not exactly true. I no. mean, they um, they didn't break his bones that we know of, but they totally rejected him and sold him. And, sure, you know. But I think I think it's interesting. We don't talk about these things. I mean, we don't really talk about what does it mean that Joseph did these things to his brothers before. I mean, we're going to find out that he does finally reveal that he is Joseph. Mm-hmm. But why do you think he did these things that he's doing now? Do you think it was because he was working through the forgiveness process? Well, I think it has more to do with trust. He didn't. The last time he saw his brothers, they were pretty they bad were dudes. Conniving. Right. They were. They were just pretty evil. They were mean. Yeah. And I think. He didn't trust them at this point. I think he was kind of testing them to see... To see what their character was like To now. see what their character was like. Are are these brothers of his worthy of... His of forgiveness. his forgiveness. And, right. Or maybe not forgiveness, but maybe trust. Trust, yeah. Um, and, you know, I think he may have been concerned, too, about his little brother. He yeah. asked them, he said, you know, I, I can imagine... If if they did that to him, mm-hmm. he probably was thinking. Then why, what stops him from doing it yeah, to Benjamin? What you know, he's probably wondering if his little brother was safe too. Yeah, true. So so he gets this plan, but I think it's really interesting when he throws a monkey wrench into their their plan of getting food. Mm-hmm. They immediately realize that this is because they they did what they did to Joseph. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Well, and I it, think it is interesting because I think most of our cultures around the world, whether you're Christian or Buddhist or or whatever your your religion or or background, there is that principle that that it talks about in the Bible. Bible, what you sow, you shall off also reap. Or, or do unto others what you or, have them do unto you. Or you know the the Buddhists might talk about karma. You mm-hmm, know what right. you know what you do will come back to you, and you know and so you know they 
they were kind of thinking, wow, we, we really messed over our brother. Now and it's coming why, back yeah, to Yeah, it's coming to, back to haunt yeah. us. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that we oftentimes don't think about. There, there are times when we do stuff out of spite or selfishness or things that we shouldn't be doing. And then we, and then we whine and complain because life isn't going the way it's supposed to for us. Mm-hmm. When in fact, we really need to take responsibility for our actions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just plain need to ask for forgiveness from God and repent, which means to turn around and go the opposite way. Sometimes we really need to do that. And in fact, when we do that, finally things start to loosen up and life um, opportunities open up and there's there's more opportunities in life to do the things that we are called to do. But I just find it very interesting that they immediately went, oh, man, we know why this is happening. Well, and and I think sometimes we need patience, too, because if you've been walking in the wrong direction for a very long time, mm-hmm. when you turn around everything might not start going right immediately well yeah i've heard it said it it doesn't take the it doesn't take overnight to get where we're at Mm -hmm. and it doesn't take overnight to get back back to where we're supposed to be yeah sometimes it's a little tough sometimes sometimes things will kind of be put back together quickly but other times it it takes a process months or years well and i think that's what was going on here there's a process going on god starts to work i think on joseph when he comes face to face with him and he realizes, well, now what am I going to do with this? And I've, I, you know, I've had those situations in my life where I run into somebody and think, now what am I going to do? I don't do well with them. I don't do as well as Joseph and, did. And Joseph's brothers also are now are, trying to figure it out. You know, have come face to face with, you know, we're we're getting some payback for the wrong we did. You know that that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how to say that. Well, they're finally facing the consequences. They didn't they didn't for years. Mm-hmm. They I mean they saw their their dad become upset, but they didn't really pay the price for what they had done to him. Mm-hmm. And now they're starting to pay that price. And it's not fun. Yeah, when the second most powerful man in in pretty much the world at just that point. called you spies. Yeah, that that's got to be basic, pretty scary. And basically says he's going to put you in prison. Mm-hmm. His whole family, the the whole family. Yeah, and that's where they're rot. You know, I mean, that's uh-huh. probably not a good feeling. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. So basically, what happens is Joseph then um, they 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 sent he sends the brothers back home. And they go, and there's this little thing that he does with the grain, and he puts a silver cup in the grain and accuses them of being thieves and stuff, and they're all freaking out. and It just goes on and on and on. But they do eventually bring Benjamin back with them. Mm-hmm. And they they go before Joseph, and then he has to figure out what he's going to do. He actually throws a dinner for them. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of freaking out because when they get to the dinner, their names are all on the table, and they're in order of their age. Yeah, they're seated from oldest to, to youngest. youngest. Now, how would for, he know? Except for Benjamin is seated with Joseph. Yeah. And they're thinking to themselves, how does he know what what our ages are, and how, how does this work? Mm-hmm. And this is when things get a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. So why don't we go to chapter 43 
And uh, we'll go right here uh, in verse 19. And it says, The brothers approached the manager of Joseph's household and spoke to him at the entrance to the palace. Sir, they said, We came to Egypt once before to buy food, but we were returning home. We stopped for the night and opened our sacks and discovered that each man's money and the exact amount paid was on top of his sack. Here it is. We've brought it back with us. We also have additional money to buy more food. We have no idea who put the money in our sacks. Relax, don't be afraid, the household manager said. Your God, the God of your father, must have put this treasure into your sacks. I know I received your payment. Then he released Simeon and brought him out to them. The manager then led the men into Joseph's palace. He gave them water to wash their feet and provided food for their donkeys. They were told that they would be eating there, so they prepared their gifts for Joseph's arrival at noon. When Joseph came home, they gave him gifts they had brought him. They bowed low to the ground before him after greeting them. He asked, How was your father, the old man you spoke about? Is he still alive? Now remember, I'm just, we'll get out of here. Remember he had that dream about his brothers bowing down to him. Mm-hmm. It, came to, it came to pass right here. Yeah. Interesting. And they said, Yes, they replied, Our father, your servant, is alive and well. And they bowed low again. Then Joseph looked at his brother Benjamin, the son of his mother, his own mother. In this, your, is this your youngest brother, the one you told me about? Joseph asked. May God be gracious to you, my son. Then Joseph hurried from the room because he was overcome with emotion for his brother. He went into the private room where he broke down and wept. After washing his face, he came back out, keeping himself under control. Then he ordered, bring out the food. Now, why do you think he went into that other room and was overcome with emotion for his brother, Amy? What what do you think was going on there? Well, I'm not exactly sure, but I can imagine that, one, he may have been relieved that his brother was okay. And another thing is, I, I wonder if he may have thought, I wonder what he's been through. I wonder if they have treated him like they did himself you know mm-hmm. um i don't know i i don't know what was going through joseph's mind but he was obviously overwhelmed with emotion you know to the degree that he had to go and you know cry his eyes out in another room right for a time you know right. he was so distraught but i think in some ways he was probably i would think he was probably relieved to see benjamin that Benjamin was alive and well and yeah. that they hadn't harmed him, at least not permanently. Right. Okay, well, then it says that um, the waiters served Joseph at his own table and his brothers were served at a separate table. The Egyptians who ate with Joseph sat at their own table because Egyptians despised Hebrews and refused to eat with them. Joseph told each of his brothers where to sit And to their amazement, he seated them according to age, from oldest to youngest. And Joseph filled their plates with food from his own table, giving Benjamin five times as much as he gave the others. So they feasted and drank freely with him. Hmm. So that, what we just talked about, came to pass as well. All right, now we go into um, chapter 44. And it says, when his brothers were ready to leave, Joseph gave these instructions to his palace manager. Fill each of their sacks with as much grain as they can carry and put each man's money back into his sack. 
then put my personal silver cup at the top of the youngest brother's sack, along with money for his grain. So the manager did as Joseph instructed him. Now, we know the story. What happens is they go to leave, and they discover, uh, as they're on their journey, that Benjamin has the... Basically, they're, they're, um, they're confronted... And uh, Judah, or Joseph is still in the palace when Judah and his brothers arrived, and they fell to the ground before him. What have you done, Joseph demanded. Don't you know that I am a man, or a man like me can predict the future? Judah answered, Oh, my Lord, what can we say to you? How can we explain this? How can we prove our innocence? God is punishing us for our sins. My Lord, we have all returned to be your slaves, all of us, not just our brother who had the cup in his sack. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. They, I guess their integrity is a little bit different than it was, huh? They, they are actually willing to sacrifice things now when before they were willing to put Joseph up to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And Joseph says, no, I would never do such a thing. Only the man who stole the cup will be my slave. The rest of you may go back to your father in peace. Then Judah steps forward and says to Joseph, please, my Lord, let your servant say just one word to you, please. Do not be angry with me, even though you are as powerful as Pharaoh himself. My Lord, previously you asked us, your servants, do you have a father or a brother? We responded, yes, my Lord. We have a father who is an old man, and his youngest son is a child of his old age. A full brother is His full brother is dead, and he alone is left to his mother's children, and his father loves him very much. And you said to us, bring him so, we can, so I can see him with my own eyes. But we said to you, the Lord, the boy cannot leave his father, for the father would surely die. But you told us, unless your youngest brother comes with you, you will never see my face again. So we returned to your servant, our father, and told him what you said. Later, when he said, go back again and buy us some food, we replied, we can't go unless your youngest brother or our youngest brother goes with us. We'll never get to see the man's face unless our younger brother is with us. So then my father said to us, as you know, my wife had two sons, and one of them went away and never returned. Doubtless, he was torn to pieces by some wild animal. I've never seen him since. Now, if you take his brother away from me, and any harm comes to him, you'll be sending this grieving white-haired man to his grave. And now, my lord, I cannot go back to my father without the boy. Our father's life is bound up in the boy's life. If he sees that boy is not with us, our father will die. We, your servants, will indeed be responsible for sending that grieving white-haired man to his grave. My Lord, I guaranteed to my father that I would take care of the boy. I told him, if I don't bring him back to you, I will bear the blame forever. So please, my Lord, let me stay here as a slave instead of the boy, and let the boy return with his brothers. For how can I return to my father if the boy is not with me? I couldn't bear to see the anguish this would cause my father. Mm. In and chapter 45, Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, Out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him, and word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please, come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset. 
and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place for selling me to this place it was god who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives this famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting god sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors and so it was god who sent me here not you and he is the one who made me to be an advisor to the Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace, and the governor of all Egypt. Now, hurry back to my father and tell him, This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master over all the land of Egypt. And basically, he reveals to them who he is and says to bring their father back. And, and sure enough, it, it's quite, quite an interesting situation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So what have we seen in the story now? We see that um, it really doesn't, I don't know how, he, he basically says, look, it wasn't your fault you did all this. It was God that wanted me here. Yeah, it, you know, and that's one thing that's kind of hard to wrap our head around, how God can allow bad things in our lives or painful things in our lives and yet turn good out of it, you know, in a way you know, God allowed Joseph to go through those painful things because those were the steps he needed to go through to get to a place where he could sell, where he he could not sell, where he could save his family. Yeah. And he couldn't have saved his family unless he had, had risen up to that place in Egypt. Right. He would have never been able to do what he was able to do. And that's really hard for us, I think, as human beings. Yeah. But, you know, it had to have been easier than to forgive them when he knew that God's hand was in it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a key for us is to look for God in the craziness of everything. You know, what the devil might mean for harm for us Mm -hmm. and and even our own mistakes might really mess us up. God wants good stuff for us and Mm -hmm. he wants to help us, you know, to do everything he wants us to do. And I think that sometimes we we miss that and we hold grudges against people thinking that they're the ones that did that. Now, I'm really at fault for this kind of thing because it's very hard for me when when, when I've been treated poorly to forgive somebody because I don't always see how it's going to turn out, you know? Yeah. And I think that might be the case with a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. (coughs) Um, If I can find it here. I had a quote. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Um, I have a quote from Pinterest. And if oh, people geez. don't know what Pinterest is, it's just a, a, a place that people pin things that inspire them. Um, this is it's a, online. It's online. This is a quote from Will Smith, the actor. And he says, Throughout life, people will make you mad, disrespect you, and treat you bad. Let God deal with the things they do, because hate in your heart will consume you, too. Interesting. I thought that that was, you know, I I could see in this story where Joseph was cautious. He wanted to use wisdom in dealing with his brothers to find out if they were still being hurtful and mean. Mm-hmm. He was cautious and yet when he saw that they were repentant and realized that they had wronged their brother, which they didn't know it was him. Right. You know, and that he 
that they had offered to stay in prison or to be the slave instead of of his younger brother Benjamin you know he saw them turn around he saw them you know want to do the right thing now and um i think that that made it easier for him at that point to kind of throw caution to the wind and to forgive them i don't know about that I, I think that it did make it easier, but one thing that we that a lot of people don't talk about, there is nothing in here that says that he puts them into positions of power. Oh no! Doesn't say that he trusted them again. No, he forgave them, but he did. And he helped. He them, was able to forgive them, and he was able to help them. Which brings me to one of my points. Mm-hmm. Forgiving someone doesn't mean that you trust them all the time. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that is. That is something that we need to know going into the forgiveness thing because it helps us to be able to forgive people if we know I can forgive them and let the offenses go, but I I can also have boundaries for my life and not let them hurt me again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's wisdom. Well, not with everything. I mean, there's some people that you're gonna they're gonna earn their trust back. For instance, I have a brother that owns a company and he has. Um, big semi trucks that he does short hauling with uh-huh. he hired a driver and this driver wrecked his his um semi once he forgave him he wrecked the semi another time and he had to let him go <laughs> right. because he forgave him but he didn't he couldn't afford to to keep fixing his semis and stay in business so he had Boy, to that's, say that's a very poignant you know i forgive <laughs> you i'm not going to hold this against you but you can't work for me anymore which i think sometimes there's relationships in our lives with people that abuse us or take advantage of us and we we, we can forgive them but then there's this mistake i think that's made in some type of in some churches and in, in places where they think that well, if you forgive someone, then you forget and you trust them again, and you know, and I don't think that I think it takes time to trust someone, and if they are going to hit you over the head with a frying pan and say I'm sorry, and you say well I forgive you, and then they hit you again with the frying pan, and then again, I think that's time to say you know what I forgive you, but I ain't getting around you to have me hit by a frying pan anymore. Yeah, that that's just you know wisdom I think. Well yeah, but I but I think we've 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 been sold. The idea that if you forgive somebody, you just all, all of a sudden trust them again. Yeah. Well, and I don't think that's wisdom. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I know in situation, I know it, it's convenient to say, well, what they did, I, you, you're just offended or whatever. No, here's the deal. They did this to me. They're not repentant and they're going to do it again to me. So here's the deal. I'll forgive them, but I'm not putting them in a position in my life to do that to me again. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that is a, I think that is a biblical stance, just like Joseph. Joseph did not put himself in a situation where he was subservient to his brothers again, did he? He was still in charge. Mm-hmm. He still provided the stuff. And even to the, to the point where if we read further in the story, Jacob dies. Mm-hmm. And when Jacob dies, the brothers freak out because they think well, for sure. Well, we need to save that for another podcast. All right. Because that's, that's my favorite part of the whole story. And w- so that we need to save that for another podcast. All right, okay. Because that's, that's the kicker to me. It's just the best part. So 
That, so we're going to wait for other. next week to talk. That's and and what is that podcast. about? What do you think the subject will be for that? What are you going to call it? She's thinking. Oh, man. It, it's kind of in some ways a continuation of this one. But, you know, this is even further off. And you think, you think well, he's forgiven him here. Mm-hmm. And yet, like you said, there must be something... In the brothers to go, does, did he really forgive us? Right. Because, you know, they, they're thinking, well, maybe because the dad's gone now, maybe he's going to get back at us. So we'll talk about that um, next week. How about repay evil for evil, question mark? Um, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth They're kind thinking, of thing. is, is Joseph going to give us our just rewards for what we've done? Now that him? Dad's dead. Now that Dad's Is gone. he going to come and kill us now because of what we did to him? Yeah, so there's like a... a <coughs> we'll find out what happens, won't we'll we? We'll find out next week. If you want to get ahead of us and read about it, you sure can. In uh, 40, Genesis 45 and 46, you can find all out. Well, you can know doesn't it beforehand. It, doesn't it go clear to 50? It could. Yeah. So you. Yeah. So read clear to the end end of Genesis. If, if you want to get ahead. If you want to finish this story, because it's right. really good stuff. So what we've learned here is there. It's a process. Forgiveness is a process. It's not just mm-hmm. a matter of saying, "I forgive you." It's a process. And Joseph, even Joseph, who we've been studying, who's a man of integrity, and he's, you know, he's a guy that's in, a leader, and he's put in charge of a lot of things, even in rough times. Here he is, and he's confronted with people that have really hurt him, and he didn't, it wasn't easy for him. So mm-hmm. don't think that forgiveness is an easy thing. It is not. Mm-hmm. Some people's temperament do, causes them to be a little easier at, with it. But really, when you think about it, forgiveness is tough. Yeah. It's hard to let go of things that people have done. So why don't we now, since we've seen what Joseph, how he reacted, and he he worked through the process and finally revealed who he was and, and now wants the best for his family and has realized that God has helped him through all of this, um, what are some of the th- comments that you've had, our audience here? What are some of the things that you have thought um, that might be important about forgiveness? What is the toughest thing for you about forgiveness? Well, why don't you go there? Because I'm going to need some help reading all these because we have a lot. Um, And I'll just go ahead and get started here. Um, Well, we don't have to read a million of them. Why don't you just pick a few? I have one that in particular that I really want to read. And I I don't know if I've got to read through them all at all. You know, I've read most of them. Um, One of them that I thought was really good, um, some of them, said you know reminding myself that i forgive them yeah which is a good thing that's a good thing because um and talking about continuing to forgive um there's a young man here that we know he married one of our youth group girls and he says his name's cameron he says even after they say it or even after i say it like i say forgive you and try to mean it it comes back like poison my bitterness won't hurt the other person one bit, but it sucks away my joy if I don't let it go. Abby, that's his wife, um, said that it happens in layers. Each time that you got to forgive, 
you got to forgive um, until you get to the core and it's gone from your heart. And I think I like the visual picture of that, that forgiveness can be like an onion. And I've known that in my heart, in mm-hmm. my life, when, yeah. when someone close to me has done something that's like been devastating to me, very hurtful to me, that I can forgive them. But and then I go on and I think life's great and then it seems like something, you know, rips away at my heart again and it's like, oh, that pain's still there. I thought it was gone. And then you have to deal with that again. Yeah. And then until all that pain is gone, it seems like it's a like sometimes a day to day or or maybe it'll be months in between where you think everything's okay and then you go, Oh, that still hurts and oh yeah god i i need to forgive them i get you know about that again because it it keeps coming back yeah um but there's some really good stuff adam said something that i thought was really good says um i am the king of rehearsing stuff my ghosts haunt me like that all the time just talk to god and be real about it every time it haunts you go to him and talk it out i think that that's Another thing is rehearsing it over and over in your mind it's when not someone's healthy. hurt you is not healthy. But well, it's that's what I got into. Yeah. I I really started thinking over and over and over about what was done to me, and and it was hard. It's hard to get out of that sometimes. But I think um, you know if you get if you have good people around you, and I I like the idea of going to God, but I but I'll be honest with you, it was hard for me to go to him because. He already knew what happened, and some of some of the things that I was having a hard time with was forgiving God, mm-hmm. because why would He allow this? And then, of course, you know that that's just a human question, you know, because obviously there's a reason behind it all. I just don't see the reason, I, or I didn't mm-hmm. see the reason then, and so sometimes it's hard to go to God like Adam is saying. Yeah, you, you know, know there's would... a a great thing here that Angela said. Okay. She, she said, I think the church has gotten a very bad definition of forgiveness. To forgive a person does not mean that you have to trust that person again, that you have to be free of boundaries with them. It is wise to discern the motives and behavior of a person based on their character. It is wise to set up healthy boundaries with people, and sometimes a picket fence is all that is needed. Other times an iron wall is necessary. Forgiveness just means that you will not hold a past wrong over someone's head waiting for an apology, retribution, etc. You let go of the feelings of offense, let go of what was lost, etc. For example, you can forgive a pedophile for his actions, meaning you don't expect anything from him and you do not harbor anger, hatred, or bitterness regarding the offense. But wisdom says that you know the character of that person. Wisdom says you don't trust. Forgiving the person does not mean you would leave your children with them or keep company in certain settings with them. Now, that is an extreme example, but we must use the same wisdom and discernment in all relationships and understand what forgiveness truly means. Isn't that good? Yeah. I, and That's I, just really, really practical. And, and, and that, I to me, that, is real forgiveness. I think that that is possibly what joseph was doing i agree that you know i think i think that he was determined not to hate his family 
not to be mean to his family. I mean, he fed them and even gave them their money back. Right. But I think he, in those passages we read, were try- was trying to discern the, their character. Yeah. And and care trust is something that's earned. Yeah. And and you can't just, you know, that's that's determined with character and maturity. Mm-hmm. Um, you you don't give your five year old. A, the car keys. Uh, the car keys, you know, yeah. because they're not mature enough to handle that responsibility. That right. doesn't mean that you hold anything against them. Right. That's just having good discernment. <laughs> yeah. And um, there's another one that I thought was really good, and this is our friend from Canada, Shirley. Mm-hmm. She says, not imagining that, if possible, will be the farthest neighborhood from them in heaven. <laughs> so, um, and someone else mentioned, too, that... That if another believer, um, I I'll, I need to read this. Jeannie says, I usually assign a date to the day I purpose to forgive someone. It only takes once or twice of reminding myself that I've forgiven them that I stop rehearsing the situation. That's a good idea. Uh, there are some people that I know I can never, ever trust again. The hardest part of that is if they are Christians. Ugh. Yeah. And you know, I think that that in our lives we've that's been the hardest thing. If yes. if they were Christians and not just Christians in a far off sense, but you know, in close our close friends. Yeah. And um, I think the same that Joseph felt that betrayal of yeah. you know close family that they're supposed to be people that have your back, yeah. not sell you out you know and and that happened to joseph and it and it happens today over and over in our um society and in different groups of people work or church or you know what i find fascinating about Mm -hmm. forgiveness is what uh, was it cameron that said that it's like a poison uh-huh. And it it really is because unforgiveness unforgiveness is yeah because what happens is um and I know this, but I know this in my head. But sometimes knowing something in our heads doesn't always translate to the heart. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I know this. I know that there are some people that have really, I feel, have really, really wronged me. And they probably, most likely, they haven't even thought about it again. No. They're off doing their own thing, hurting someone else. Or or living their life. They don't remember what they've done because that's just what they did. Mm-hmm. And yet I rehearse it. And me having unforgiveness doesn't pay them back for anything. No, it just hurts It hurts you. me. Yeah. And, and I think that is something that, you know, we need to close our podcast now. But I think that's something that we should walk away from this podcast with. And knowing that, look, it, it's time to quit torturing yourself. Time to move on. Mm-hmm. Time to, to let go. You don't have to trust that person. And you know what? Someday, and this really is true, someday every person will answer for what they've done. I mean, I believe that. I believe the Bible is very clear about that. And there will be a time when if somebody really has messed you over, like there was this one guy in particular, a big he was a big name preacher. Mm-hmm. And he really, really hurt us, you and I. And, and really, um, I don't know, it was just a bad situation all the way around. Mm-hmm. And he has since passed away. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I, I take comfort in, and I knew this. I just knew in my heart. 
that one day when he passes away, he will know the truth because he, he'll be with God and God will show him what really happened. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He knows now what truly is going on. And that brings me comfort knowing. See, that's how I go, okay, wait a minute. I may not see the result in this life. Mm-hmm. And the person may never come back and apologize to me. In fact, I'm dreaming most of the time if someone will ever come back and apologize for stuff. I need to let them go and realize that someday they will answer and they also will know the truth about the situations. So, you know, that brings me comfort and that lets me know God is in control. I'm not in control. Mm -hmm. And God has much more grace for people than I do. And that's good. The gospel, according to Will Smith, (laughs) give give them to God. I thought that that was a really good good. good. quote. Um, He said, I had it right here. He said, give it... Um, people will will make you mad and disrespect you and treat you bad. Let God deal with the things they do because hate in your heart will consume you too. And so you know, it's good not to be consumed with hate. Yeah, and I don't. I'm I'm not sure of Will Smith's theology all the way, but I think that was a really good quote. It might have been sound like maybe some words from a rap song or something. Uh, probably, but um. You know, and it can consume you. And and I think you you have to be real. Adam said, you know, things hurt. You know, take those hurts to God and ask God to help you work through those hurts. What, and why don't we just do that right now? If you're listening okay. to this podcast, um, let's close by just asking for help from God to forgive people and to do it in a healthy way. Can mm-hmm. we do that? Yeah. All right. Father... We want to thank you, first off, for loving us enough, even when we are not good at forgiving people, when we hold grudges and when we want revenge. Would you forgive us for that, first off? And then we want to ask, Lord, for help. It hurts. It doesn't feel good to feel this way. It's it's really tough when people have hurt us like this. And God, would you give us the strength to forgive? Mm-hmm. And And would you see it fit? to help us to have good and healthy boundaries with people and to know, you know, if we can trust them or not and to be wise and have discernment. We need your help with that because really uh, when it's all said and done, you're the one that knows people's hearts better than, than we do. So we ask for your help and we, and we ask God that you would help us to, to uh, be able to uh, get back with life and go on and, and forgive and go on. That's Mm -hmm. our prayer that you would help us to have that integrity like Joseph and to work through these issues so that we might be free to be everything you want us to be. We want to concentrate on helping others and being all that you want us to be. We don't want to worry anymore about those people that have hurt us. So we thank you, God, for for taking care of us and for speaking to our heart and for helping us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, there you go, everybody. Wow, that was pretty intense. Yeah, it's, you know, but it is a subject and and it's funny because um, every once in a while the theme of forgiveness will pop up on a TV show or something that I just don't expect it. And and yet it is a a universal principle, I think, that God made just like gravity or... Well, as long as there's people on the earth, there's going to be offenses and there's going to be uh, conflict. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, forgiveness goes along with it. Next week, 
I think what we're going to do is talk about that situation that Joseph had with his brothers mm-hmm. uh, when when uh, Jacob dies. Mm-hmm. And then I thought that we might share a few scriptures from the New Testament on what Jesus said about forgiveness. Sounds good. It would be. I think it would be really we're, interesting. We're coming up on Easter. Yeah, and, and we'll and we'll talk about a little be, bit about Easter and all that jazz. It'll be fun. You know, the biblical Easter, Passover, Resurrection Day, whatever you call it, um, it's kind of about forgiveness. It is all about forgiveness. Yeah. And so, so. that will and redemption. And so, yeah, I think next week's going to be an awesome show. It'll be our our Easter show, and we'll continue on with our theme and. And again, we'll talk about what Jesus says about forgiveness, and I think it, it will be a very good show. Yeah. So stick around, stick around. Okay, this has been a Moyer Multimedia LLC production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved. How do they get a hold of us, dear? Well, you can get a hold of us at takehimwithyou.com. You can just email us either rick at takehimwithyou.com or amy at takehimwithyou.com. Or you can get a hold of us on our Facebook pages. It's www.facebook.com forward slash rick.moyer or facebook.com forward slash amy.moyer. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, is there any other ways? No, I think that's good. And uh, and one last thing before we go. Mm-hmm. I waited till the end of the podcast to tell you. Okay. But I'm giving you my iPad and I ordered you a new one. I ordered me a new one. Let me guess. What? April Fool's. Oh, how did you know? Because you'd be in so much trouble if you spent $600 on an iPad. <laughs> I was hoping you'd go for it, hook, line, and sinker. Oh, no. You would be in so much trouble. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Hello everyone. So what shall it be? Do you join the unity or do you die here? Join. Die. Join. Die. The Upper Memory Block Podcast. Building. Building. This show is going to be about video games. Yes, agreed. Yes, agreed. What I want to do and where the bulk of my gaming experience Rest is in the past. Unable to comply. Loading in progress. Unit ready. I want to talk about games primarily, let's say, in the uh, the DOS and pre-Windows XP uh, era of gaming. I don't have to prove anything to you. <laughs> Very demanding for one in your tenuous but I can respect your needs. The unity will bring about the master race. New construction Ready, options. I think it's a lot of fun and really cool to talk about the history of technology and how that history has shaped culture and specific subcultures like the gamer culture, you know, just culture in general over time. Master! Master! One able to survive. Or even in the wasteland. Visit 
www.umbcast.com.
Jesus, I 